Hi everyone, and welcome back to another In Bay podcast. I'm welcomed again with the two regular guests, Daniel Welling and Simon Butler. Thank you again for joining us. This is another episode in our Cyber Anxiety series, and today we're going to be focusing on conditional access, which is a basically a certain type of access allowed by Azure and Microsoft 365. So I have very basic knowledge of this. I sold it when I used to work for an MSP, and my understanding from a very simple term was that actually allowed um, the a customer to essentially have multi-factor authentication whenever they were outside the office but the office was basically a secure hub that allowed people to log in without using multi-factor authentication but there's obviously so much more that conditional access can offer so what I'll do is I'll hand over to Simon to kind of give us a bit of an overview of what conditional access is and how it can benefit MSPs. Thank you Luke. Okay so conditional access basically is exactly as the word um, says it allows you to place conditions on how clients access your tenant, Office 365 and Azure. The uh, conditions can be multiple. This can include things like location, and that could be IP address or country location for mobile devices. It can also allow you to apply rules to that can access. So that can mean that the only allowing certain devices to access or the devices need to be secure. And it is one of the best ways of securing both your tenant as an MSP and also your client's tenants against malicious actors, because a lot of malicious actors will be located outside of the UK. Now, before we start talking about conditional access, the first thing you're going to need to do if you're going to start looking at conditional access is set up a break glass account. This is effectively an account that allows you to get back into your tenant if you make a mistake with your conditional access rules and lock yourself out. There is a blog post to uh, accompany this series and I have put the link to how to create the emergency access account in that blog post. And that is the first thing you should do. Set that up and then when you start looking at the conditional access rules, the f when you're doing a rule, you put that account in as an exception. So if you do lock yourself out, you can get back in again. So, what are we going to do with conditional access? So when you start doing with the conditional access, the first thing you want to do is put it on report only. This is an excellent way to scare your clients into what is actually happening without actually it causing a problem. So when I deploy conditional access for the first time, I build a UK only rule, put it on report only, and then I can go to the client and say, look at all these attempts that are coming from outside of the United Kingdom. And that can be a massive wake-up call for the client. So we haven't actually done anything. We've not changed anything. All we're now doing is we're just showing the client this is the value you can get from this from protecting uh, your business. Um, once we're sort of more happy with that, then we can start to look at potentially actually into, uh, enabling uh, the country um, control. But obviously, that has a problem if you have staff who travel. So then you need to have a process for putting exceptions in to allow the staff um, to continue to access their uh, their email or SharePoint or whatever when overseas. And then also you mentioned right at the beginning, securing MFA. So another common thing we do with conditional access is we allow uh, multi-factor authentication to be enforced when you're outside of the office. Um, and when you're uh, inside the office, the enforcement is not so strict. But it also can be helped with the initial enrollment for multi-factor authentication. 
So something I have seen uh, a lot of MSPs do is they don't enforce multi-factor authentication in the office, which is fine. But you then get staff members who are never outside of the office. They get fished for their credentials. And the first thing the bad actor does is add a personal device that the bad actor controls to the uh, account, which then means that they can access your tenant from anywhere. And they're using multi-factor authentication to basically get past your block. Um, so that's sort of the, the beginning of what we can do with conditional access. There's a lot more we can do with it, but you know, the, at the basic level, that's that's how we uh, we normally get started with it. I was to say, so from there, then the key, like you said, is to actually do that reporting tool at the very beginning, because like you said, you're not actually applying any of the rules. You're just showing them, right? If we limit it to the UK. Here is all the people that are trying to access from outside. And then it's sort of a case of having that conversation of saying, do you now want to enforce this? As you know, you can see everyone who's trying to log in from outside the UK, shall we enforce this rule where we, you know, block it to the UK only? So is that what you're saying? It's probably a key place to start with the MSPs is to do that reporting tool and just yes. show their clients what, exactly. you know, what's happening. And the most common account that will be being attacked will be the boss. Yeah. CEO <laughs> account. Um, I remember the first time I ever did it back when conditional access first came out and uh, with one of my older clients and I got the report and I just put down on in front of him and I said, look, this is the last 48 hours. And it was just constant hammering on his account from some of the really nice places in the world, Nigeria, Uruguay, uh, Brazil, Mexico, uh, China, Russia, um, Ukraine, um, Philippines, I can't remember, there was a few other African countries. And I sort of said, this is, the, you know, these are all the bad actors who are just trying to get at your account because you're the boss. You know, and it was, it then made it quite an easy sell because he could actually physically see, you know, he's never been to any of these countries. You know, he goes, you know, goes skiing and, you know, goes to Japan or whatever, but, you know, he doesn't go to Nigeria or anything like that. He has no reason to. So why is it, you know, people are just trying to constantly hammer away at the account. Um, and as with many things in IT, if you can get buy-in at the top level, it's easy to to deploy it further down. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I was going to say, how bespoke can these restrictions get? Obviously, we talked about sort of country restrictions, but how kind of further down, how bespoke can we get when it comes to the restrictions on conditional access? Well, country, country is the most common one. And the, the problem we have in the UK is you can get the multi-factor authentication prompt to show you the country or the location is coming from, but IP address locating in the UK is not very reliable. Yeah. But so a country is the most common one. Um, you can put it onto IP address if you're really paranoid. Um, so if you've got complete control over everywhere that your, uh, your clients could connect to from, you know, and many, many years ago, I worked for a customer who effectively had all of their customers, sorry, all of their staff coming in to their network from IP addresses that they controlled, static IP addresses. So we could have just listed all of those IP addresses. Um, you can then sort of start to control devices. So you can say they have to be enrolled in Azure or they have to be secure. Or, you know, if you're only using Android, you could say, right, you cannot access this from an iPhone or vice versa. Uh, you know, you can then sort of sort of start to, to, to really kind of, you can really lock it down quite hard. Obviously, the, the harder it gets, the more the rules start to get more complex. And then unfortunately, then you start having to put exceptions in. And that's where it can start to get a bit, uh too complex 
um, and that's when you then you know you then start having a look at logs and seeing what rule is being being applied that's keeping a, keeping a user out. So it's it, it's one of these things. I try to sort of say, yeah, you, you make it you you make it complex, but not too complex, because otherwise it becomes over the uh, over the top almost. If you like, it becomes um, difficult for the MSP to manage. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, once it gets kind of messy like that, you're then going to start running into issues of people not being able to work. Like we, we, we spoke about before, someone trying to go on holiday and trying to log in when they're on their way and things like that. Like you said, if you have too many exceptions, you're just going to run into more issues, I imagine. And what happens is that people, they, the MSP will put the exception in and then not remove it. Yeah. And, so you're, you're opening uh, yourself up again. Exactly. Yes. You know, particularly if you go and get some, you know, a heavy traveler or someone who, you know, who's away, unfortunately, like the CEO, you know, who goes on holiday quite a lot. And, you know, I've I've sat at, you know, MSP's conditional access rules and they've got, you know, an exception in there and it's got, you know, half the countries of the world in there you <laughs> yeah. know, because they're never cleaning it up. In which so, case, it defeats the point of having it in the first place if you're going to have an exception to half the world anyway. So, yes. So that's yeah. why having robust processes in place. Again, this is the MSP having a robust process in to say, right, we're putting the conditional access rule in for Spain for, you know, the sales director. He's away for two weeks. Therefore, we need to have a process to remove that exception after two weeks, for example. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. Um, and a question I've got for, for both of you really is, if you're an MSP who hasn't really kind of delved into looking at conditional access before and you want to approach your client's to discuss this how what do you believe is the best approach or that initial approach when speaking to your clients around conditional access uh, yeah i'll um i'll, I'll field uh, uh, this one uh, uh, initially luke um yeah I, I think i think really this is uh, one of a number of topics that um should be uh, and uh, and more and more msps are today um uh, covering off in regular structured communication with their customers um uh, we've all we're we're all now very familiar with the term qbr or tbr if it's uh, not a quarterly business review a technology business review uh, uh, an mbr a monthly business review or whatever the frequency um, but effectively having a, um, a a process of educating uh the the customer on all of the different attributes of their it that they uh, that they must become more familiar with and for the uh, and for the msp to, uh, to to educate them over time starting with the you know the the uh, the the lowest cost the biggest impact you know whatever the whatever the prioritization is um, and that you establish with the customer based on what their what their appetite for risk is and and what they what they can afford to uh, uh, to put in the budget to support it so um, <clears throat> As we were talking in uh, before about you know MFA um, cuts out so much so much risk and is uh, uh, effectively such a, a simple low cost um, uh, uh, activity. Conditional access builds on that, but there uh, there will always be more and more that you can do. Um, and I think uh, uh, you, you didn't ask this question, but I'll uh, I'll mention it anyway. Um, the the elephant in the room here is not just knowledge of the MSP and the customer um, uh, uh, around this topic, but is also the commercial um, uh, impact because all of this takes time. It adds complexity, and uh, uh, the the MSP um, 
now needs to be covering this off either via an additional charge um, or if they're including this activity within their their base pricing their base pricing needs to allow for the time for this um, and one feeds the other so you you demonstrate the value of of the of your price point to the customer by explaining all of the things that you're doing <laughs> um, and uh, uh, and so uh, yes the, the 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 MSPs I feel for are, are those that are operate at a low price point and not doing this and therefore having the, the the concern themselves as to how they can how they can tackle it and uh, and of course for their their customers that aren't getting the advice that they uh, that they need but um but yeah i think uh, generally this 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 is a part of continued education of the customer and that and that needs to be baked into how the how the msp works with their customer Oh, brilliant. That makes, yeah, makes complete sense. And like I said, I think there's some key takeaways from this. Obviously, the security side of conditional access is a key part, but it's also, like you said, there's a financial implication for the MSPs. And also, like we said, is a lot of stuff around process. There's a lot of focus on process and making sure that with MSPs, you've got these processes right with your clients. You're working alongside your clients, educating your clients around that process to make sure that this is going to be a solution that, that works for everyone. I think I think you've got it got it in one and uh, uh, um, for any MSPs listening, I, I'd encourage them to um, uh, t- uh, check out Simon's um, uh, uh, blog post um, for, for some of the detail and uh, yeah, and then um, set set a set a target as uh, as to how to how to uh, implement this with, with within their customer base and uh, and uh, and yeah, start the start the process. I would say they need to start it on their own tenant to begin with. You know, there's, you know, you really, as an MSP, you should be, to use Microsoft's phrase, eating your own dog food, and you should have all of these restrictions on your own tenant to begin with. That's going to be a, a good learning curve for the MSP um, techs themselves, so they realise, you know, how it imp- uh, impacts on their operations, which means it will be easier for them to sell it the bottom of a better word from a technical point of view as well as a sales point of view to the customer they can say look we've had it running on our tenant for six months it's had you know this amount of impact it should be minimal if they've done it right you know but here's the report you know as i said at the beginning the report the reporting that office 365 gives you is the best way of demonstrating the value to the customer because it shows you the countries it shows you the login terms it just shows you the constant attack that the tenant is almost certainly going to be under. And it's only the fact that without it, without MFA, which does the same thing, that what's the only thing that's stopping the stopping the, um, the, the bad actor from getting in? It's going to be a password. And if your password happens to be something pretty basic that's based on one of your kids' names that they can find out from your LinkedIn profile, it's only a matter of time before that account gets compromised. And I don't want to think about how many passwords are that easy to, to hack into. So, but yeah, no, that's, that's a very good point, actually, that the MSP should be enabling this themselves first. And actually, when we talk about the processes, it's a good way to nail those processes is to do it internally yourself. And then, you know, when you bring it to the client, it's going to be a smooth process. You know, it's going to be kind of hopefully smooth sailing for that customer. And you're not going to run into any issues where people are being locked out or you're exposing them when you're promising them that this is a secure solution. So no, that's, that's a great piece of advice there. So um, thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate you joining us today uh, for the podcast on conditional access. And again, obviously, make sure you check out Simon's blog post on this. And 
please feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions around this or want to discuss it further. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Thank you. you.